This episode is supported by Earn In. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn now can be in your hands today with Earn In. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Super, super easy to use. You just download the Earn In app and verify your paycheck. Then you can access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. So the app is free. You can leave a tip if you want. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So here's the thing. Sometimes getting close to your next paycheck, next pay period, and you realize, oh gosh, like paycheck doesn't come until next Friday, but we have this event that we need to attend this weekend and we need money for it. Or we have to buy a gift for someone. Or, oh my gosh, like my kid tore through their shoes and now we have to buy new shoes this weekend and the money's not in the bank yet. So Earning can help you access the money you've already earned at work by giving you this little bit of money in advance. So make Earnin part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security, and it gives me a lot of peace of mind. So for our listeners, all you need to do is download Earn In today. It's spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, and you can download it in Google Play or the Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in Shameless Mom under podcast when you sign up. So there'll be a little place where you can, where it says, what podcast did you hear about them on? Type in Shameless Mom under podcast. This helps to show support for our show and our advertisers. Earn In is a financial technology company, not a bank, and subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust member FDIC. This is the Shameless Mom Academy episode 738. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 738. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community, so be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Hello, shameless moms. Happy Monday. So today we're going to be talking about rejection. Super fun topic. Rejection, fear of rejection. I mean, this is how we kick it off on a Monday, right? I know that we don't love talking about rejection. We don't like admitting that we have a fear of rejection because we also assume that no one else has this fear. But the reality is probably all of us have it to some degree. So today we're going to talk about what causes fear of rejection. We're also going to talk about tips for overcoming fear of rejection. We're going to walk through seven different tips. I want to say before we dig in, I recently learned something new about rejection, which was really fascinating. I've done just a little bit of research on this, but I wanted to point it out to you in case it's helpful to you as a parent, or maybe it's relevant to you personally. And I just wanted to point it out before we dig into all this. So Recently, a friend shared with me RSD, rejection sensitive dysphoria. This is not what we're actually talking about on today's episode, but I wanted to point this out to you in case I explain this to you and you're like, oh, wow, that like really resonates because in which case I would highly recommend you talk to your doctor or a mental health professional about this. But because it was something that really resonated when my friend pointed it out to me and it's something that I've definitely seen in other people but didn't have 
a framework for, I thought I would point it out here. So rejection-sensitive dysphoria is when you experience severe emotional pain because of a failure or feeling rejection. So if you are someone or you have a child who is really overwhelmed, has like really heightened feelings when they experience rejection or failure, it might be worth looking into this. This condition is linked to ADHD and experts suspect that it happens due to differences in brain structure. This differences or these differences mean that your brain can't regulate rejection related emotions and behaviors the same way neurotypical people might. And that makes your responses and your emotions much more intense when you go through failure or feeling rejection, rejection or rejected. So if you're like, oh, that's interesting and maybe ring true for you, for someone else in your life, for one of your kids, I just wanted to point that out. So you can go do your own research. If you Google rejection sensitive dysphoria or RSD, you can dig into more information on that. And like I said, like definitely something that you would want to go to a medical professional or mental health professional to learn more about. But I wanted to get it on your radar because it is kind of the severe form of what we're talking about today. So I'm going to be talking more about like fear of rejection that we all experience as part of the human condition today versus this really more extreme version of it. So so let's dig into that. Let's dig into like the common the common fear of rejection that we all get to experience. So no matter what, I think this is relatable content and relatable because whenever we are going through growth, when we're going through change, when we're acknowledging our past, this like fear of rejection can be something that creeps in and sometimes it can stay with us for a season and sometimes it can stay with us for a lifetime. So let's first look at what might cause a fear of rejection. There's a handful of things and I'm not a therapist. I know a a little bit about trauma sensitive. I'm not, because I'm not a therapist, I'm not like a trauma informed practitioner or coach, but I do have some training in being a trauma-sensitive coach and we're doing some work around trauma-sensitive coaching. So what I will say about some causes of fear rejection are past life events. And sometimes these past life events were traumatic. So when you look at your past life events, are there things that have happened to you in the past that maybe make you have a fear of rejection now? Now we can all look back, I'm assuming, I'd be hard pressed to find a person who's never experienced rejection before in their life. So if you have ever had a friendship fall apart or a romantic relationship fall apart or not gotten a job, like we've all experienced rejection, right? Are there situations where you experienced rejection in a way in your past that maybe it stuck with you, it stung? Maybe you're a sensitive person, a sensitive soul, and it hung with you a little bit more than it would have hung with someone else. I know for me, I've been through situations in my past where I've experienced rejection and I'm like the person who like hashtag never forget. (laughs) I'm like, you can do me wrong and I will, I might forgive you and move on, but I will not forget. So I'm real good at remembering (laughs) those times, places, spaces, and people where I experienced rejection or from whom I experienced rejection. I can think real quickly of bosses and (laughs) people who made me feel like crap. And I carry that with me still today. Not saying that from like a place of pride. I don't think that you should carry all that stuff with you, but I'm someone who has done that for sure. So that's the first thing. Like past life events can definitely cause a fear of rejection, especially if you haven't processed them in a healthy way. Next might be past rejection or abandonment. And this can be a little bit more from that kind of arena of trauma. So my parents got divorced when I was four. My dad left my house pretty unexpectedly. There wasn't a lot of conversation around it. It just kind of happened. My mom did her very best and she absolutely thought she was, I mean, she was taking amazing care of my sister and I, 
But one of the ways that she helped us cope with it was to kind of just pretend it never happened. And this was, you know, back in like 1979. And parents didn't have a lot of tools for supporting their kids through divorce. And so my mom just tried to kind of keep everything as quote unquote normal and the same for us without acknowledging that like a whole entire primary caregiver was no longer in our household. So you might be able to correctly surmise that I might have some fear of rejection around that abandonment that I wasn't able to process at that age. And I've done some work processing it as an adult, but it's probably heightened my sensitivity to rejection over the course of my life. And I know that's really common for so many of us, whether you've had abandonment from divorced parents or from death of a loved one or from maybe some other sort of like kind of family upheaval or something changing quickly on you. That can definitely be something that can trigger rejection or a fear of rejection. So if that's something where you're like, oh, shoot, like I definitely have some stuff I haven't worked through around that. Like, again, I might point you to a mental health professional for that. So those would probably be situations where there's been some past trauma. So fear of rejection can definitely come from past trauma. So I'm not going to dig too much more into that because, again, not a therapist, but it's something worth investigating and recognizing because when you can recognize like, oh, I've lived through these things, these big things, hard things, you know, unpredictable things or things that like really flip my world upside down and I didn't see them coming, then you can identify like, oh, okay, maybe that's why I carry a lot of worry around this for myself or I have this fear of rejection. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30 day money back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners, can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. This episode is supported by Nutrafol. 
Did you know that hair thinning will happen to approximately one in two women? If you're among them, you are not alone. Thinning hair is normal, but it's not openly talked about, so it can feel lonely and frustrating and sometimes even embarrassing when you're going through it yourself. Join the over one million people who are doing something about their thinning hair with Nutrafol. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist-recommended hair growth supplement with over one million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster-growing hair with less shedding. Oh my gosh, I am a heavy shedder, so if you are a heavy shedder, or if you are someone who's wanting to thicken your hair, I definitely want you to try out Nutrafol. I have loved using it myself, and I know multiple other people who've used it and have found great results. While many supplements rely solely on ingredient studies, Nutrafol clinically tests final formulations to ensure their efficacy. In a clinical study, 86% of women reported improved hair growth after taking Nutrafol women's hair growth supplement for six months. To get started, you can take their hair quiz on Nutrafol.com, which will give you a personalized health plan based on your special root causes. Nutrafol is committed to helping you identify root causes of any shedding or hair loss so that you can really start to rebuild healthy hair in a way that is customized to you. So take the first steps to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code SHAMELESS. Find out why 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Go to Nutrafol.com. That's N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code SHAMELESS. Nutrafol.com, code SHAMELESS. Other causes of fear of rejection can be poor self-worth, poor self-esteem, a poor sense of self. Now, oftentimes those things all come from past life events, past rejection, abandonment, potentially past trauma. But if you have poor self-worth, poor self-esteem, a poor sense of self, or like not a strong connection to your sense of self and who you are and your kind of the various identities that you carry at this stage in your life, then you're going to be more likely to have a fear of rejection. When you have a strong sense of self, strong sense of self-esteem, strong sense of self-worth, you can let rejection roll off you a little more easily. And you can take it at face value and recognize that, you know, sometimes things happen and you can roll with it rather than getting really caught in it. And then the last reason that you might have a fear of rejection is that you might be someone who's susceptible to anxiety or self-criticism. And again, which could be caused by a lot of the other things we already talked about. But if you are someone who's really susceptible to anxiety or just a highly self-critical person, then you might be someone who is really prone to fear of rejection as well. So like I said, we all have this to some degree. So I'm not just saying that like, if you have these things, then it's going to one thing's going to equal, you know, A plus B does not equal C. To varying degrees, we all have a fear of rejection. It's part of the human condition. And it's something that you can do something about. So as I've, you know, just given a couple examples, like there's definitely ways that I have fear of rejection from the things that's happened in my past. And I've gotten really good at not letting it get in my way. Now that said, it still shows up for me all the time. And in certain ways, I have overcome it much better than in other ways. So professionally, my fear of rejection professionally, I would say is pretty low, not because I enjoy being rejected professionally, but because I've put myself out there so many times and really practiced being courageous in how I've developed myself professionally that I know how to manage rejection. I've done that a lot. Interpersonally, if I'm rejected in an interpersonal relationship, whole different 
ball game, <laughs> like whole different ball game. Really hard for me, much bigger struggle. So this looks different for me, it, depending on the context and depending on, you know, if this is a friend or a loved one rejecting me, that's really different than like a professional contact saying like, hey, thanks for your application to speak for our thing, but we decided to go with someone else. Like that kind of stuff, I've just had so much rejection around that I can let it roll off my back. Now that hasn't always been the case, but I've done a lot of work around that. And I've also like seen the benefit of just like, okay, you know, I'm going to get a lot of no's because I go after a lot of things. And that's just kind of the nature of the beast. So what can we do to overcome our fear of rejection? You might never completely overcome it, but how can you not let it hold you back? Because here's like the worst case scenario. The worst case scenario is that you're so fear, full of fear around rejection that you don't go after the things that you want and that you don't get the things that you want and that you don't grow in the ways that you want to grow and cultivate skills and gifts and talents that you want to cultivate in order to build legacy and in order to create joy and in order to like be really satisfied and fulfilled and do meaningful work in the world and just live a meaningful life. And so I really want to give you some tools here that you can use so that you can overcome this fear of rejection to some degree so that you can keep challenging yourself to go after the things that you want. So I'm going to walk you through seven different tips or steps for overcoming fear of rejection. And you don't always have to work through these in this order. But if you are kind of right up in a scenario, maybe right now, maybe you push play on this because you're like, oh, holy cow, like this is me right now today, really sitting in the fear of rejection. This is a little bit of a list that you can go through in a linear fashion, kind of following the steps, like here's what I'm going to do first, and then second, and then third, and so on, to hopefully walk yourself backwards out of that fear to some extent. So the first thing you can do is accept your fear. And we've talked about this before in episodes around fear that fear is going to exist and it's okay to make friends with fear. We make friends with fear. We own it. We honor it. We make space for it and we don't let it drive. So what that means is that we let it sit next to us, sometimes in the front seat or sometimes maybe we put it in the back seat, but it doesn't get to take the wheel. It doesn't put its foot on the gas. It is not in control of the car. So fear does not get to drive. So instead we accept the fear. We accept like, oh, I'm not doing this thing or I'm not showing up or I'm not being as shiny as I want or I'm not going after the thing that I want or I'm just feeling really uncomfortable right now because I'm feeling this fear of rejection. So it's really accepting that that's what it is. And when we can accept like I'm really feeling this, then we can pinpoint, okay, like that's what's happening in this scenario. That's why I'm feeling weird or icky or anxious or stuck or frustrated or overwhelmed. The second thing you can do is identify the cause of your fear. So I've really worked on this in the last couple of years in recognizing what's causing the fear. So when I look at things professionally, when I go after things now, especially when I'm going after like different speaking gigs and corporate contracts and things like that, which is a lot of the stuff that I experience rejection around, I am able to identify like, okay, my fear of rejection here is because like, I would really love to be able to put this down on my resume or maybe like a friend recommended me. And if I don't get picked and they made this introduction, I'm going to feel a little foolish. Like, ugh, I maybe wasn't as good as I thought or, you know, like that just if I might feel it might be a very humbling experience. I might be able to identify a cause of fear in an interpersonal relationship that if I put myself out there to a friend and there's something vulnerable around that in that intimate relationship, whether it's like a friendship or a partnership or whatever, if I experience rejection, like that's going to really 
hurt my feelings. And I've had that happen in the last couple of years where I've in certain, in a couple of really specific relationships, I've had to recognize like, oh, it's really hard for me to make myself vulnerable or create vulnerability and step into vulnerability in certain relationships because either the vulnerability like isn't reciprocated or it's not honored or it's not like there hasn't been safe space held for it. And so I have a lot of fear of rejection in a couple of a handful of relationships in my life because of that. Like I can identify that this is harder for me in this relationship because of some of the things that have happened in this relationship, which is really different than like with my partner, with my husband. Like I don't have a lot of fear of rejection with my husband because whenever I show up in vulnerability, like he holds safe space for me to be whoever I need to be in that moment. So I think you can probably see the difference between like someone who allows space for you to show up as your true authentic self, someone who allows you to be vulnerable and fumbly and maybe awkward and imperfect, and then someone who doesn't, and fear of failure or fear of rejection in front of someone who can't hold space for that, it's really, really different. So being able to identify the cause of fear, whatever it is, maybe you're afraid you're going to look goofy, imperfect professionally, or maybe you're worried that someone in a close interpersonal relationship is going to you know, not be able to hold space for you if you're vulnerable. And all of that kind of fear of rejection, being able to identify it is really, really important. So you're accepting the fear, you're identifying the cause of the fear. Step three is you're affirming and validating your worth. So once you have accepted your fear and identified the cause, then you're in, uh, uh, affirming and validating your worth by saying, okay, in spite of this fear that I'm sitting with, in spite of the causes of this fear, I know that I am worthy and strong and capable. I know that I am a good friend. I know that I'm a good employee. I know that I'm a good leader. I know that I'm good at this and that and the other thing. So if someone else can't see me in this moment, if I'm going to be experiencing rejection in this situation, that's not necessarily an indicator of who I am or my worth or my value in the world. It's just an indicator that like, this isn't the right time for me, or this isn't the right relationship for me, or this isn't the, you know, that this isn't the right thing for me right now. But it is not a reflection of my worth, of my value, of my success in the world. And I'm not going to let it be a reflection of that. So the fourth thing you can do after you affirm and validate your worth is to challenge your beliefs a bit. This one I really like. So when we are sitting with fear and sitting with the fear of rejection, we're usually telling ourselves some sort of story where we're like, so-and-so's better at this or so-and-so deserves it more. So-and-so's, you know, has everything working for them and I don't. We might be telling ourselves a story that I'm not qualified right now or I don't know how to do this or I'm not good enough or I'm not smart enough or like one of the things I come up against all the time with business coaching clients and leadership coaching clients is people who want to go after something, but they're like, but first I have to do all these other like 87 steps to qualify myself. So a lot of times people will say like, I have to, you know, get a master's degree or I have to get a certification or I have to, you know, prove myself in all these other ways before I go after the thing. And a lot of times we're just buying time because we're afraid of rejection. So I want you to challenge your beliefs a bit. When you find yourself being like, these are, I can't do that thing I really want to do until I do all these other things first. I want you to change the story. So challenge your beliefs in order to change the story. Challenge your beliefs to say like, hold on a minute. What is the story I'm telling myself here right now that is not working for me, that is keeping me stuck, that is keeping me in fear, that is not allowing me to move forward? How can you challenge your beliefs? Because sometimes we're holding a belief. And if we can change the belief and recognize like, hold on, 
that's not true that I'm not ready or that I'm not worthy or that I'm not qualified. It's not true that, you know, someone else deserves this more than me. It's not true that whatever the situation may be, then you can instead identify what is true. What is true is I don't have all the answers, but I'm really good at figuring things out. What is true is that I don't know how this is going to turn out, but I'm willing to give it a really good try. What is true is that I maybe haven't done this in a while, but I'm willing to try it again for the first time in a long time and be really awkward and not so great at it and laugh at myself in the process and just experience some joy around that. So how can you challenge your beliefs in order to change the story that you're telling yourself? Because you're probably telling yourself a story around fear of rejection that is either totally untrue or only partially true or is like a segment of the truth that's ignoring a whole bunch of other truths or at least one other truth that could maybe hold space for a counter argument. So how can you challenge your beliefs and change the story that you're telling yourself? This episode is supported by Air Doctor. You probably don't know that Americans take in about 20,000 breaths per day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors. The indoor air that we breathe can be up to 100 times more polluted than outdoor air, according to the EPA. Indoor air pollutants can cause upper respiratory symptoms like sneezing, coughing, congestion, scratchy throat, and even more serious health problems like lung and heart disease. So what's the solution? Introducing Air Doctor, the air purifier that filters out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants so your lungs don't have to. This includes allergens, pollen, pet dander, dust mites, mold spores, and even bacteria and viruses. I am so excited that we just got our own Air Doctor for our house, and we will have it all up and running and ready to go in time for all the things that come with spring weather, but also smoke season, which is just around the corner for those of us in the Pacific Northwest. And I know many of you across the country. So here's how you can get your own Air Doctor. First of all, Air Doctor comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. Head to airdoctorpro.com and use the promo code SHAMELESS and you'll receive up to $300 off of air purifiers. Exclusive to our podcast customers, you will also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock in this special offer by going to airdoctorpro, A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com and use the promo code SHAMELESS. That's airdoctorpro.com, code SHAMELESS. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this is, show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily. It's very digestible. And the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Utube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explained. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for 
understood explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. The next step, step five, is to have a backup plan and a next steps plan. So if you are sitting with this fear of rejection and you're like, I want to do this thing, or I want to say this thing, or I want to show up in a certain way, and you can feel like, oh, but what if someone says something about it? Or what if people laugh? Or what if people say I'm not the right fit? Or whatever the thing might be. What is your backup plan? What is your next steps plan? So this might be in an interpersonal relationship, if I show up and this person laughs in my face or doesn't see me or doesn't hold space for me, what's the next step? So I had this happen actually a few years ago with my dad, who many of you know died last summer, and we haven't spoken in a number of years. So I actually tried to reconnect with him a few years ago. And I knew there were some things going on in his life. And I was like, okay, I know that these things are going on. I know that if he was ever going to be open to reconnecting, I think it would be right now. And so I tried to reach out to him. And I also knew there was a decent chance it wouldn't go anywhere. And I kind of had to have my backup plan and like my next step plan. So when I decided to reach out in that moment, I sent an invitation or extended an invitation. And I went into that invitation with this very like, here's how I would love to support you right now. I know that you're going through some things. I would be so happy to help you right now. Here's how I can help you. Let me know if you're interested. And if you're not, that's totally fine. And I had to let the backup plan be that he might not respond. And I had to let the next steps plan be that like, I'm going to just keep moving on. I'm going to just keep doing what I've been doing in this relationship that was pretty much non-existent. And so it was really around like my backup or my next steps were like, literally expect nothing. Like this is probably going to go nowhere. Well, you know what? It went nowhere. <laughs> and, but I was able to then follow my backup plan that, okay, so you're just in the same spot that you were as before. And that's fine. And it actually ultimately kind of like the part two of that or my the next piece of that for my next steps were like, well, you know, if he chooses not to respond to this, you have done the very best that you can do. You have really put all your differences aside to try to show up in the situation where you know he's in need. And so if he's not responsive to this, that is some data for you. And maybe that data can allow you to close the door. Because I had had this kind of like open door policy, like my door's always open if you ever like whenever you're ready. And then it was like, why is my door always open? (laughs) So I was able to do this all from a really neutral perspective. It wasn't me like feeling angry or feeling like mistreated that like, well, now that he didn't respond, then the doors closed. It was really like, okay, this is as much as I'm willing to offer. And so for me, my next step is that I'm not willing to offer again. So that was my next step plan. Now, that's kind of an extreme situation. (laughs) You're having a backup and having a next step might be that you're going to put yourself out there for something. And a great example, knowing someone who is in a really challenging work environment right now, who was like, okay, this is a really hard time to go try to find a job. And also they're like in a job situation that is just really not healthy for them. And so we were like, okay, let's figure out what you want to do next and go for that thing. And also recognize that 
there's a high chance that it's going to take a while. And there's a high chance that you could go after the thing that you want right now, like 50 to 500 times in the next couple months, as we're seeing data for like how many resumes people are submitting for things. And you might get no action and that's fine. So what's the next step plan? So we decided that, okay, really unhappy where I'm at. This is a horrible time to go after a job. What are we going to do? So the person put together their resume and they started submitting things. And with this very like neutral, like I'm going to just start down this path. It's likely that this will go nowhere for a while. And worst case scenario, I stay where I'm at for a minute while I'm on the side looking for something new. And that can be okay too. And what's ended up happening is that that person's job search has really evolved over time as they've kind of learned like they were initially going after certain things that they thought they wanted. But then as they kind of went, got deeper into the process, they realized actually I want to sh- like shift gears a little bit, take a little bit of a right turn. And so giving yourself permission around, I'm going to go after the thing, may or may not get it. And then my next step, if I don't get it or don't, if it, I don't get the outcome I want is going to be this thing. And that all is okay. So having that backup plan and next step plan allows you to not be really stuck in only believing that one outcome can lead to success or that only believing that one outcome is like allows for the situation to be a win or believing that if you don't get the one thing you're going after that anything else would be failure or that everything else would be failure. The reality is is that winning can look like a lot of different things and success can look like a lot of different things and a path to success can look like a lot of different things, whether we're talking about success in a relationship, success in parenting, success in work. And so recognizing that most of the time things aren't going to go the way that we thought the way we wanted them to, or, you know, exactly the way we wanted them to. And how can we identify that the way that they went is just fine, or maybe even better than what we thought we wanted at the jump, at at the get-go, at the onset. So number six, your sixth step for overcoming fear of rejection is embracing the growth. Now, this is like the part that everyone wants to roll their eyes out, like, "Uh uh-huh, I know I should grow as a person. Okay, yeah, but really you should. (laughs) So how can you embrace growth? I will tell you, and I've talked about this before on the show, that I experienced a tremendous amount of professional rejection in 2022 because I went after bigger things than I've ever gone after before. And I grew so much in that. And what's really interesting to me, and not coincidental, by the way, is that the things that are working out for me in 2023 are because I practiced being rejected so many times in 2022. What that allowed for, all that rejection allowed for me to really fine tune the ways in which I would go after what I would wanted. It allowed me to fine tune some relationship building skills. It allowed me to fine tune showing up in conversations and having to pitch my work and my worth and my value in all sorts of different ways so that now I am so much better at it and I am really clear on how I talk about certain things and how I can help other people see whether or not I can help them really quickly. Like, oh my goodness, it's just like, it's created so much clarity, but also it's made everything cleaner for me. A year ago, I was really going after things and kind of fumbling my way through connecting dots in terms of like, that thing seems cool. I can figure out how to do like these 
I can figure out how to make it work by like jumping through all these hoops in a lot of <laughs> random ways. And now I'm like, oh, I know exactly the path. Like I've practiced this in so many different ways and half the time upside down with my eyes closed that I know the path now and I know exactly how to talk about it. I know exactly what it looks like. I know exactly what I'm going to say. I know that if this person says this, then I say this. I know I'm just really, really clear on so many things. So that growth has been so valuable. What we have to recognize is that when we are growing and we're walking through rejection and we're sitting in the fear of rejection and we're putting ourselves out there over and over again and it feels just awful and miserable is that the growth is not linear. So it's like one day you're like, well, who I did it. I went after the thing. And then the next day you're like, nope. I mean, this even happened to me last week. Like literally it was last Monday, I think, where like, a couple really cool things happen. And then Tuesday, like something fell through and I was like, oh, it's all falling apart. And then Wednesday, like a couple more cool things happen. And I had to catch myself and be like, okay, this is the ride. Like this is the ride. Every day is different. And you thought Monday was great, but then Tuesday sucked. But then you know what? Wednesday was great again. So like you have to recognize that this is the this is what the ride looks like. It's not linear. It's up and then it's down and then it's up and then it's down. It's always messy. It's constant fumbles. And it's always lessons that lead to wins. Like the lessons always lead to wins in the long run. Now, I don't like to play a long game. I like immediate gratification. I want someone to say, yes, we want you to do that thing. We want to pay you. You are amazing. We think you're incredible. Like you're the best thing that ever happened, Sarah Dean. Yeah, that's what I want. You probably want that too. <laughs> And whether it is the work I do on the parent association at my son's school, whether it is the work that I do out in the world, whether it's the work I do inside the Shameless Mom Academy, like I want everyone, I want to just do a thing and have everyone think it's great. And I know that you do too. And I also know that it doesn't really work that way. What works is that we show up and we do our best over and over and over again. And the long-term trajectory is that people recognize that we're great and that we do great things and that we have great skills. But as you're moving from point A to point B, roller coaster, messy, icky, sticky roller coaster where you might vomit every time you like get flipped upside down in the roller coaster, right? And then number seven. So number seven, the last thing, last step for overcoming your fear of rejection is to zoom out. Oh my goodness. This is something I have to do all the time because when we are in it, when we are sitting in this moment where we are worried about rejection, we're having that fear of rejection, or maybe we've just experienced the rejection, it is so easy to be so consumed by it and to make it the biggest deal and to make it th this like turn it into this huge meaningful thing when it's really a blip on the radar, when it really doesn't matter that much, when it's really not that big of a deal. And if we can zoom out and be like, yeah, this thing, not a big deal, not a showstopper, not worth spending time and energy on panicking over because there's so many other things that are working for me right now. There's so many other things that I'm good at. There are so many other great things in my life that I don't need to spend the, my whole day or my whole night tonight as an insomniac, not sleeping, fixated on the thing that didn't work today, the, the conversation that went sideways, the person who made me feel bad, the thing that I didn't win or achieve that I wanted to achieve today. We can zoom out and recognize that thing that seems like a big deal in the moment isn't going to be a big deal by the end of the day, maybe today or tomorrow by the end of next week. And so when we can zoom out and recognize that the rejection that you're fearing is probably not as big of a deal as you're making it out to be in this moment, then sometimes we can kind of get a firmer grip on reality and also a clearer sense of that no one thing is that big of a deal. 
So your 10 or your seven tips for overcoming fear of rejection, one, accept the fear. Number two, identify the cause of the fear. Number three, affirm and validate your worth. Number four, change your beliefs in order to change the story you're telling yourself. Number five, have a backup plan and a next steps plan. Number six, embrace the growth. And number seven, zoom out. So I hope this was helpful. Share this episode out. Share it with other shameless moms who are struggling right now who maybe just need some inspiration in terms of moving forward and feeling confident and courageous as they're maybe sitting in fear of rejection or maybe have just experienced rejection. We are in this together always. I got your back and I will be back here on Wednesday with a fantastic interview that I cannot wait to share with you. Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review that will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five-star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be Shameless Mom of the Week. Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media. Tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it but I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free.